the city of Port Harcourt, Kingdom Life Camp Meeting, Grace and Anointing, walking in God's kingdom assignment for your life. God bless you. Continue with your show, Grace. Uh, I'm still dealing with it. I'm, I made us to understand grace comes in the areas of giving. Remember that yeah. grace comes in the area of work, how to be able to do stuff. Grace can withheld you or withhold you from doing that which is not right, and all of that. And uh, the primary purpose of Jesus is coming as a lamb is to stop us from failing not to get to the ultimate goal that God has for us and that is getting to God. You see, like we find in the book of Matthew chapter 1 2021. You remember that? So it stops us from failing and not to get to the end of that which is the hope and that is God himself. So even if you have to go to heaven it is God you have to get into to be able to go to heaven. Is that okay? It's right. So anything that can stop you from getting to that place is what we're talking about. Now, the next thing I want to discuss with you along the line of what grace does is grace is your life and calling. It's very close to what I said before, but I just want to bring scriptures out to give you this clear definition as well. And... Um, we have already said grace is that divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life, right? The divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. So, let's quickly look at the case of Paul here again. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10. 1 Corinthians 15 verse number 10. This is... Enter my eyes so much. <laughs> I think they shift it a little bit. Alright, praise the Lord. Okay, good, good. Thank you. Because I was getting blinded with this thing. All right. Apostle Paul, he said, By the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labor more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which is with me. The grace of God, which is with me. You see, in Egypt, the Bible says, Joseph prospered because God was with him. The grace of God with you enables you to succeed in anything and whatever thing you are called to do. Now, but what I really want you to pick again from that place is that word, I am what I am. Okay, I'll take another scripture for you on that. Praise the Lord. Actually, if you look at that word, I am what I am. But let's take another scripture for Second Corinthians eight, verse number one. Oh, sorry, this has to do with. Uh, that's not what I'm looking for. Um, I'll give you this. Galatians. First of all, that word, I am what I am. You're going to go to Galatians chapter 1, 13 to 16. When he say, I am what I am, that word means I live because I exist. I am what I am. Actually means I live because I exist. 
I mean, in terms of 1 Corinthians 15 that we just read. And what Paul was trying to say is this. The life I'm living now is the life I've lived before in the spirit. I live because I existed in this realm. It's like when you look at the book of Hebrews and you talk about Jesus Christ, it says, Yesterday, today, and forever. Did you get that? Yeah, other translations say he doesn't change. Right. That means the life he had always been in the spirit is what he manifested now in the flesh. So Paul is saying, I am what I am, any and my. I am what I am by the grace of God. God's grace made me who I am. Not in terms of, how do I describe this for you? What he's saying now is, I have existed as an apostle before I came here. Are you following what I'm saying? Just like Jeremiah existed as a prophet before he came here. That's what Paul is trying to say. Now let me show that to you now. Galatians, why do you take it off? Galatians chapter 1, look at 13. I'll show this to you. 13 to um, 16. For you have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jewish religion. Conversation, my way of life. Conversation is not talking. The way of life. Alright. How that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. And verse 14 says, I profited in the Jewish religion above many my equals in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the tradition of my fathers. As Judaism now. The next thing, verse 15. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Who separated me from my mother's womb. Remember, I am what I have by what? The grace of God. So now, it's not to reveal what? His son in me. That I might preach him among the heavens, immediately I confess not with flesh and blood. Now this revelation is not what happened to him on the road to Damascus. He was called even in his mother's womb. That means even when he was killing people, he was already carrying the apostolic grace in his life. He was ignorant of his call, of who he is, while he was killing people. I don't know if I begin this. So you see, who you are now, you could be doing something completely different from who you are really supposed to be because you don't have understanding. Which is what he was talking about. The issue of the knowledge be multiplied to you. The knowledge is also basically and essentially to self-discovery of who you are in the hands of God. So Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. I want to please God to reveal his son in me who called me from my mother's womb. Some people used to tell me, well, Paul was called on the route to Damascus. No, that was not it. Some people say Paul was called in the church in Acts chapter 13. I think Pastor knows right in the morning. No. Chapter 13, the Spirit revealed to the church who Paul was. That was not his calling. I don't know if you are getting this. It was revealed to the church. It's the same thing you find that maybe tomorrow we'll touch that. Bezalia. 
in the book of Exodus, God spoke to Moses, said, listen, I have called Basilea, and I played my spirit of wisdom upon him for craftsmanship. And then Moses go to the congregation and say, church, listen, God have called Basilea. What is that supposed to mean? That is more or less what you call fathering. You understand that? Good. Moses have to present Bezalea for the people to respect the grace in his life. Because if he just start doing the work without Moses introducing him, they will not respect him. They will not believe in what he was going to do. So God communicated to Moses. Moses now communicated to the children of Israel. So in the congregation in Acts chapter 13, the Holy Spirit comes to make the people know that this is the grace upon the life of Apostle Paul. But that's not where God is calling. So essentially when you come to church, what we do is to help bear witness with the spirit that's already in you. That this is your grace. You can't make anybody an apostle. You can't make anybody a pastor or a prophet. You can't. It's not in the word of God. Is anybody following this? Right. I need you to catch it because it's very important. So from your mother's womb, Remember what God told Jeremiah? When I formed thee where? In your mother's womb. Before I formed thee. So, the call is always before you ever appear into this physical realm. You've already existed in that dimension. And guess what? The level of and the amount of God you carry or you know and you walk with in whatever dimension is what finally dictates what you become when you drop the flesh. When you say, Pastor, what are you talking about? If you go to the book of Revelation chapter 22, no time to read that, you find that the prophet or the person that revealed the revelation to John, John wanted to worship. He said, no, don't do that. I'm a fellow Samadokyu, one of the prophets. Meaning he was a prophet while he was alive, before he brought the flesh. Now he continued the ministry on the other side. This is why you see that Elijah and Moses came out from the spirit realm to talk to Jesus on the matter of transfiguration. They were discussing about his death. So in other words, they are still in the realm of spirit doing ministry. Life does not end here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You understand that? That's why the life you have received, eternal life. Eternal life is not when you die. Eternal life is Christ now. And so the way you live your life, the things you know, determine your placement when you drop the flesh. And that's why you don't play with your Christianity. And people don't understand this. They think the only thing we're looking for is you die, go to heaven, get a mansion, and get some popcorn, and some fried plantain on the backside. Eh? Well, that's not the, that's not the goal of God. But to make you, not just to make you, to showcase you as his own instrument on the face of the earth to put some things right. Oh, come on, can I tell you something? The point is this. God intends you to make this earth better than the way you met it. You see, when he sent Christ down, why did he send him down? There was corruption, there was decay, there was everything. He brought Christ and that is why he calls you the light of the world. And the salt of the earth. He wants the earth better than you met it. You know, I had a funny experience a few days ago. I was sharing that in Pastor Glenn's place. But I was discussing with this young man. 
He's gone through a lot of things. And finally he came to God and he went to a particular church. Because why he gave me the picture was, he made a statement and said, I've come to stay. I don't need anybody to follow me up. This is where I'm going to worship God. He said, you know what, I've been trying several churches in this locality. And there was one particular one they asked me to go to. I went there. And uh, after we finished and the pastor was talking and he said, so the thing is, I'm even very tired. Jesus will come in soon, come in soon. We'll be waiting for him. He's not coming. And the guy said, ah, if this man is saying this, he's already discouraging me. It, don't, it, it means he doesn't even know the God is worshipping. So why must I follow a man like this? So that's why he left the place. Then his sister said, hey, go to that church there. That man teaches very well. He understands the Bible. And that's how he came to the church. But what I'm trying to make you understand is this. This pastor doesn't even know the God is seven. He doesn't even know what it means for Christ to come. I don't know if you're getting there. I'm telling you the pastor making such confession. He's coming soon, he's coming soon. And we, I will be waiting and he doesn't come. For him, the earth is, 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 I mean, is in a bad place. Boko Haram's are there, kidnappings are there. So we better go away. And I mean, Jesus should come and take us away. But you see, Jesus is not coming to take you. He said he wants you to be the salt and the light of the world. I was sharing on Wednesday, for those of you who got the message. Why was Sodom destroyed? G- I mean, Abraham asked for 50, for 30, for 20, for 10. How I many of you remember that? Why was it destroyed? It wasn't destroyed because of sin. It was destroyed because there were no 10 righteous people. So now, you look into the country and you say God is coming to destroy Nigeria. Now, I can say God, in this country, we have a lot of believers who believe in you. We are more than enough in terms of quota to save this country from destruction. Just the presence of Christian in Nigeria is enough to save Nigeria. Because what God is looking for is not, he doesn't look at the issue of sin going on. Where are my people? How many of you remember he was telling Ezekiel, if you don't want them, if you don't do this, their blood will be upon your head. Meaning, if the earth is destroyed, God is going to require that from Christians. Because I already said you are the light and you are the salt. So we came in from the spirit realm to manifest what we have been, who we have been, and to make this earth a better place. That when you leave, there should be a mark that you once existed on this earth. Are you following this? So Paul said, listen, I've done all of those things, but even when I was doing that, it was all in ignorance. Religion blinded me to be killing Christians. Unknown to me that I had already been an apostle before I came down here. I mean, that's, and that's exactly. Jesus even said the same thing. Some will kill you thinking that they are doing God's service. I'm not if you remember that. That's the point. So sometimes when you preach some of the things we talk about, people get mad at you. Why? Because that is what Jesus said. They will kill you thinking that doing God was service. And they say, we are contending for the faith. In contending for the faith, they kill the truth that God has given to us. That's exactly what Paul was doing. But what I'm trying to make you understand is that he was already what? A believer before he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. That is where he was arrested. But that's not who he was. On the road to Damascus, remember that. He was arrested. That's why he said, there is nothing you can do against the pricks. You can't kick against the pricks. 
In other words, you have been arrested, you have a chain on your leg, no matter what you try. You see how this cow behave when you chain their legs? They want to be free. So, that's what he's saying. You are arrested and there's nothing you can do about it. That's what you can't kick against the bricks. Your life is tied to my ministry. Praise the living God. So let's look at that. Go back again. I'll show you something, which is very powerful. Verse, uh, I think 15 now. Go back to verse 15. To reveal his son in me. That's what I'm looking for. Reveal his son in me. The preposition in is very important here. Is the primary preposition denoting fixed position, fixed position in place, time, or state. A fixed position in place, time, or state. It speaks of a relation of rest in, at, or upon, meaning his fixed position as an apostle in Christ have been that of an apostle. Reveal his son in me. His fixed position, his ultimate place that he had been occupying have been that of an apostle in Christ before he came here. No, remember the story of Second Corinthians 5, we say, if any man be in Christ, that's your fixed position. You've been there. Now, he had been in Christ as an apostle before he came down to the earth. Are you, are you following this? I want you. Now, remember, I'm defining I am what I am. Is that okay? Right. I exist because I live. You know, when, 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 help me. When God spoke to Moses and said, Tell Pharaoh, I am that I am, sent me. That's supposed to mean the self existing one sent me. Now, if he said, I am that I am, sent me, and Paul is not saying, I am what I am, what is that supposed to mean? I'm a child of God. And that means everybody is an I am. What is that supposed to mean? We all belong in that same God. Who is the I am? He's the ultimate father. We are his son. But we have the same gene like him. I know this is hard for you. Praise the living God. So, you see, it is through grace that you can determine your fixed position in Christ, which you are to reveal on the earth as your primary assignment, your fixed position. What is Paul's fixed position? Apostle. What is Jeremiah's fixed position? Prophet. Are you there with me? Yes. Glory to God. What was supposed to be Bezalel's fixed position? An artist. <laughs> Amen. Therefore, when you move out of your position in Christ into something else, you are falling from grace. Am I right? Praise the living God. Okay, look at this. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10. Very important. 15 verse 10. It's about a labor more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but what? The grace of God which was with me. First Corinthians 15 verse 10. But by the grace of God, is that what you're saying? Alright, sorry. 15 verse 10. Okay. Let's look at it. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace which was bestowed upon me, 
was not in vain, but I labored more what abundantly than they all, yet not I. Can you get that? But what? The grace of God which was with me. That means all the accomplishments of Apostle Paul was factor on one word, the grace of God. You understand that? That's why it is the energy, the power that enables you to fulfill your God-given assignment. It takes you on. In the mix of difficulties, you're still going to be on. No matter the trials and tribulations, you're still going to come out successfully because there's a grace there. And one thing I've come to discover is the reason of this grace upon your life, no matter what you do, you can get out of God. You are locked in. If any man is in Christ, you enter in and you are locked in. That's why the Bible says your spirit is sealed until the day of redemption. You are locked in no matter what you do. You go out, you're going to come back. Praise the living God. Are we there? So, uh, on this way, if you look at 2 Corinthians 10 verse 12, it says, we dare not compare ourselves. Hmm? We dare not make ourselves of the same about compare ourselves with some that commending themselves, but then measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. That is to say, Second Corinthians 10 verse 12, I said, that is to say, look at that, for we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but by them measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. That is to say, when you try to measure your life by another man's life, you are a fool. Meaning, you must determine who you are, what you carry, your primary assignment in the hands of God. You see, God is not necessarily rewarding. How do I put it now? I believe in success. I believe in whatever you want to call it. I believe in all of that. But God is not rewarding what we call success by man. It's rewarding faithfulness. That's why you see the parable of the talent. There's a ten, there is whatever. You understand that? Right. It did not, the one that did not multiply his own was the one that had a problem. But there was one, ten, five, and one, as the case may be. God rewards faithfulness. It is how faithful you are in your giving assignment that God rewards. It may be large, okay, our, our brother, no, Bishop is building 10,000 auditorium. That is the grace God has given to him. Your ministry may just be maybe 1,000, and that's equally very big. And somebody will say, well, what do you mean by that? Now you show me the crowd of John the Baptist as compared to the crowd of Jesus Christ. But you see, if you measure what John the Baptist did, he saved the whole nation. Because everybody, both the Republicans, Pharisees, they came to him for what? Baptism. And what he did there was to fulfill Malachi chapter 4. To turn the heart of the fathers to the children, the children to the fathers. He fulfilled a major scripture. That's why Jesus says the greatest amongst men in terms of being a prophet. He opened up a door for Jesus to walk through. And that's just it. His crowd was nothing compared to what followed Jesus. But he fulfilled his ministry. You can't compare yourselves. Because your grace differs from my grace. 
You should find your grace and walk in your grace. Praise the living God. So like I said in Hebrew 13 verse 8, the Bible tells us it, if you read it from the Amplified Translation, Hebrews 13 verse number 8. Jesus Christ the Messiah is always the same yesterday, today, yes, and forever, to the ages. Amen. And that is very powerful. Message translation is the most beautiful thing for me here. For Jesus doesn't change yesterday, today, tomorrow. He's always totally himself. That's what I want to be. He's totally himself. He doesn't change. He has a fixed position in God. You understand that? His calling is just there. Now if you look at this one, yesterday, today, and forever, as the case may be, whatever he is doing now is his life before he came here. In the volume of the book, it's written about me, O Lord, to do thy will. Sacrifice and offering thou will not. Hallelujah. And Jesus knew exactly what he came for. My challenge is... Have you been able to discover exactly who you are? It's not enough to be in church, as good as that may be, but have you been able? The church is actually the place to help us discover our real self. Is that alright? Praise the living God. It's always in terms. In terms of the redemption, the power that he was going to manifest is always himself. So we see that. What defines Jeremiah was a grace? He was a prophet. What defines the Lord Jesus Christ was a Messianic grace. He was a Messiah to save mankind. What defines Paul was apostolic grace. What defines you is the ability to identify the grace you carry. And that's what you are designed for. That is your real you. Who am I? I am who I am by what? The grace of God. You should be able to find out who you are. What you are designed for. Let me, let me say this. I don't say it often anyway, except my local assembly. But in September 16, 1992, the Maxwell was still very small. Um, then I was a vice principal. And one evening, I knelt down in my parlor. And I was to pray. Then I asked a question. I said, Lord, listen. I know you are trying to make me go into ministry, which I don't want to do ordinarily. I felt I have to walk and do ministry because I don't want to depend on anybody for support. That was my mind. Like he was trying to say in the afternoon. I knelt down to pray and there from the wall I was looking at it. A hand came out with a ball pen and wrote on my table 2 Timothy 1 11. I would like us to read that from any other translation you want. And to tell you that right from that moment, I knew exactly who I am. You can change me from it. Second Timothy, chapter 1, verse 11. And this was the prayer I prayed. God, hear me now. I know that everybody that carries the Bible is called a pastor. But I know also that there are five, four ministries in the Bible. Who am I? That was my prayer. And the hand came and wrote this down. 
for the proclaiming of the gospel. What is that verse 11? I was appointed what? A herald preacher, an apostle special messenger, and a teacher of the Gentiles. If you check this other translation, it's a teacher of the nations. I know exactly. This is September 16th, 1992. I can't forget it. That was God gave me my template. And you can't change me from that. That's my fixed position. Do you understand this? So there is nothing, all of those things, he, he, actually he's the one that most often tried to push me to do what I'm supposed to do. Because I say, you are not supposed to be in the church. You are not supposed to be pastoring. I said, that's true. You understand that? You should know who you are. And I stay where I belong. You can't come tomorrow and say, Pastor David, I see you to be a prophet. I will say, thank you very much for that vision, but it does not be a witness with my spirit. Are you listening to what I'm saying? But you see, the prophetic office is found within the word preacher. That is what enables us to see. Because look at it. The apostle and the prophet, they work together. This is how it works. As an apostle or a prophet, the prophet sees the pattern. Through the apostolic grace, you structure the pattern. So you see, Moses first had to see the tabernacle in the spirit. Then with apostolic grace, which is called master builders, he could build the tabernacle on the earth. So, with the prophetic grace, we see God's mind. And then with the apostolic grace, we teach it to the church, in building the church, to become the household of faith. Are you following what I'm saying? No, this is for me. You don't need to bother about it. This is for me. Okay. But I'm trying to tell you something. Because you see, I have the date here. You, you can't take it from me, because that's when God said, this is who you are. Do you understand that? The day you hear, he was trying to say that, the day you hear who you are and what he wants to do with your life, your faith will skyrocket. That's right. That's no power can bring you down. Even if you are in the hole, you will know for sure I'm coming out. Because there is an assignment on your head. That is why Jonah, whether he likes it or not, you end up being in Nineveh. The will is there ready for you. It will swallow you and take you there because there's nothing you can do about the assignment. There is something on your head. If I'm using language, my brother, the oil on your head. <laughs> Praise the living God. So this is a grace that I carry, and you need to find your grace and walk in that light. Amen. So grace is more than being a preacher. It's not just uh, any of those things. I uh, will look at. It. Let me show you something. When I mean more than a preacher. Go to First King chapter 7, verse 21. Grace is more than being a preacher. We have always tied the issue of being a preacher to be the ultimate. And so everybody wants to be an apostle. Everybody wants to be a pastor. And this day we have a lot of apostles all over the place. Uh, he who is not an apostle is a prophet, isn't it? And you go to Ghana, oh man, everybody there is a prophet. And Nigeria is apostle. Eh? And then some visionaries. Okay, very good. Nobody's a teacher. Nobody's an evangelist. Do you see any evangelist in this country? No, 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 no. There's no evangelist. That's too low. Eh? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now look at this. Solomon was building the temple. Hmm? 
And then he set up two porch. That's two pillars. Look at it. And he set up the pillars and the porch of the temple. And he set up the right pillar and he called the name thereof Jashin. And he set up the left pillar and called the name thereof what? Boaz. This is the church. This kind of pillar. He set up two pillars in the church. What's it supposed to mean to you? Huh? Now, Jashin was a priest. Boaz was a businessman. Did you get that? So now, what the scripture is telling us here is for the house of God to be built, you need these two ministries. That's as if you are in business, you are also in ministry. The grace for a businessman is completely different from, the, from the, that of a, a preacher. But what I'm trying to make you understand, God can call you to be in business for the sake of his kingdom. You have to stay there. Don't struggle to become a Jashin when God has graced you to become a Boaz. If he call you to be in the business place, stay there and do it perfectly well. Change the scope, the atmosphere of the business climate. Using kingdom values and principles in doing your business. That's what's important. Praise the living God. Are you following me? So we need these two ministries. So don't look like, oh well, I don't even know my grace. Uh, you know, even this business I'm doing, I'm sure I'm supposed to be, uh, it looks like I'm a prophet, but I don't know. No. You are a business person. And that is a major, major calling as a businessman. I don't know if you are getting this. As a business, how many of you remember Root? True Root, Boaz, True Root. And that's where I come, Jesus Christ. You can understand what we're saying. Powerful ministry. To be a business person in the household of faith. For the sake of the kingdom. If you know that you have been graced to do business, do it perfectly well. Know that this is my calling. That is the grace that God has upon your life. Is that okay? Praise the Lord. So I'm ready to show you that this is more than just being a preacher. No. God's grace goes Across, that's why I say the grace is holistic. It's both in the church and outside of the church. As a matter of fact, it's not even in the church per se. What I mean by that is the church was supposed to be an equipping center. We teach people you go out there and manifest what you've learned. It's a school to teach people how to walk, how to live outside of the church. Most often we think it is the church we are supposed to be manifesting our gift. That is not very accurate. Praise the living God. Most of the people that Jesus raised, he never raised them in church. The dead that he raised. How many of you remember that? Roadside. You understand? That's what are we talking about? It's not the church we raise the dead in the true sense. We raise the dead in the street. Jesus never raised any dead person in the temple. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay, let me show you now. Ezekiel, I mean in Exodus 31, let's look at 1 to 5, just to tell you about this issue of being in business. And some of you, you don't even know you're calling, that's why you, you're suffering, that's why your business are not doing too well. And some of you are trying to do businesses, but you don't know the exact thing that God intended you to do in terms of your business. Um, four years ago, I was in Kenya, I was ministering, and the Lord gave me a word of knowledge for a brother. I just looked at the brother and I said, brother, what you're doing is not what God called you to do. 
I say I can't understand. I say you will understand very, very soon. And this is the point. What did you train for? Because I find that when I ask him, what are you doing? He said he sells bills, this Okrika stuff. That's what he sells. You understand that? I said that's not what God says you should do. What's your trading? What, what, what did you go to school to study? He said, study engineering, electrical engineering. I said, okay, go and establish something in electrical engineering. Because this build thing you're doing is not your business. And he left. In simple obedience, like Max was trying to say, he went. The next year I went to Kenya, he bought two cars. He picked me after a meeting like this, was taking me to the hotel. Said, I want to drive you to the hotel. He took his family there and said, This is a man that saved my life that I've been telling you people. <laughs> that they gave me 1,000 Kenyan shillings. Right? He said, This is the man I told you. This last time I went, the guy already got four vehicles. He said he wanted to make his seven outside his own company in Uber. Like Uber type of year. He already got four vehicles, giving three to other drivers, he's using one. That's the man that was selling bail. But when he discovered what exactly God had created and designed it for, he went up. Grace took him up. Today has fleet of cars by simple obedience to what God told him in a meeting. That's what meeting is all about. Is that okay? Exodus, brother, Exodus 31, 1 to 5, I said. All right. I read from a, what do I call this? A tablet or my Bible? Okay, whichever way. Are <laughs> you there? And the Lord spoke unto Moses saying, What did God tell Moses? Look at it. Next verse, very quickly. Next verse, is verse 2. See, I have called by name. You know what it means to call? I've anointed, I've graced. Can you see that? I've called by name Basilea, the son of Uri, the son of all of the tribe of Judah. Verse number 3, very quickly. And I filled him with what? The Spirit of God in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge and in what? In all manner of workmanship. Workmanship. I filled him with all of this. Now get that. That shows that, listen, if you go through the Bible, this is the first man that received the Holy Spirit. He was not a preacher. He was not an apostle or whatever. The first man that received the Holy Spirit in the Bible was an artist. Look at the next verse. Verse number four. I feel him with wisdom in the Spirit of God in wisdom and knowledge and understanding to do what? Device cunning works to walk in gold and in silver and what? In brass. We can stop there. How many of you understand that this is the man that finally did all the design in the temple when Moses was building? So, all these beautiful curtains you see here, man who knows how to do this is a calling from God. You don't have to stop doing what you are doing because you want to be a preacher. No. If you, is anybody following what I'm talking about? Yes. All the beautiful works that were in the temple, the curtains, the ark, all the beautiful things, they were done by this man and those people that God has given to him. And say, I have called him. That means an artist is a calling. Is anybody getting this? That's what I'm talking about, boys. So you don't change your calling because you compare yourself with other people. No. Your grace, you should charge your grace if you don't function in what God has called you to do. The spirit 
that's upon this man was the grace that was able to succeed in doing what he's going to do. Praise the living God. And I see preachers do the keyboard. I don't see myself going to put my fingers on keyboard. Keyboard will not even come up. It won't come up. If it comes up, you will run. Because the keys will never match. I don't know if you are getting that. I'm not grace for that. He is grace for that. And that's what I'm trying to make you understand. So don't think that there is no grace in your life. You just that you have not been able to discover the grace of God that's upon your life. And that's the most painful thing. But it's about time you start praying just like I did. Because I don't always take things for whatever it is. Even by the time I came into being a preacher and all that, I read a book in 2005. In that place, they mentioned so many people. Time is up. Yes, I'll soon quit. No problem. I'm very obedient. Now, here is the story. I was reading my office then when we started ministry or so. And then I got a book written by Tim Ellie. And there was mentioned a lot of apostles. Dr. Munian, these, 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 these. A lot of people were mentioned. I just closed the book and then again. As I got to remember, 16 September 1992, you told me I'm an apostle. And if that is the case, may my name be mentioned among these people. That's my prayer. I ended up. That same year, Dr. Robert from South Africa came to Nigeria to preach in Akwaibom. And somebody invited me. I need you to go and speak along Dr. Robert to speak about the kingdom of God. Because when I was with Bakari Network, I used to speak about the kingdom. So the guy gets to know me. And he said, I need you to speak about the kingdom of God. I, I, at a stage, I feel like I don't need to go. In the night, I find I was preaching to somebody from Akwaibom. I woke up the next morning and I told my wife, I'm leaving. So what is it? I said, the Lord wants me there. I went there. I was preaching. I started preaching because Munian's flight was delayed for about 30 minutes at the airport in New York. I mean in uh, Calabar. They flew to Calabar to come by a road. So the flight delayed. So they called that I should start the meeting. So I was preaching. Halfway in the meeting, he walked in. And he listened to me for 30 minutes. And this guy was blown out. At the meeting, he just came inside. He said, where do you get all this knowledge from? Do you know this man? I said, I don't know. Do you know Kelly Vanna? I said, I don't know. Do you know this? I said, I don't know. It's okay. No more discussion. Uh, this is my number. You can call me at any time. That same year, he just sent the ticket, say, come to my conference and speak. And that is where the whole doors were open to today. Just speaking once in his conference, people begin to call. If that man can speak in Munia's conference, then he has something to offer. If he can speak in Munia's conference, he has something to offer. That's Malaysia, Singapore, all of them got open. Now, what am I trying to say? I pray the prayer. If you truly come here as an apostle, may I be named among these people? And that's all. Prayers is not crying. He was saying it. It's not tears. When you pray, say. That's what the Bible says. Say is not cry. I mean, Jesus simply said, when you pray, say. Eh, say, say. Just talk. <laughs> it is a cry. So I say, the first say was, what did you call me for? He said, you are an apostle. If I be an apostle, let me be named among all these people. And prayer is finished. And everything just worked out. So man, when you pray to find who you are, I'm not saying go and cry. You just tell God. Ask him a question. He is the one that formed you, created you, designed you, brought you here. Just tell him, sir, now I'm here. I'm, I'm kind of lost. What do you want me to do? Who am I? It's a simple question. 
And God definitely will answer you. That's why you find in the book of Jeremiah 33 verse 3. He said when you pray to God, if you seek him, he will answer you. And it will show you things we you do not know. You know, when we read in the Bible of Mene Mene Tekofasen, eh? it looks mysterious. But until I experience it myself. So now I know, without doubt, that what really happened there to Besheda was true. Because I experienced it myself. Just like my own case, not reaching the Bible. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this teaching. And we know you have been blessed. For further information, please call 0815-556-8000. God bless you.